Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello and welcome to the COB. Andrew joined with Kyle and uh, look, you know, another down day to, to today, Kyle. But yes. all things considered, what well, we're up about one and a half percent for the week. Yeah. When you when you take a look at what one went on this week. I think that's actually not bad. Uh, I would say so, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll have to double check what happened on, on Wall Street. I, you know, we've got one, one more session there to, to play out as to how far down they are. But it's just been extraordinarily choppy. I was just looking at the intra-week intro chart. Um, and uh, the two-way two -way moves are, are just um, incredible. And obviously, it's just a very scary time, I, I think. It's just one of, those, um, one of those periods in the markets that come along every so often where you just don't quite know exactly what's going on and if there's any, I don't know, anything breaking out there in the financial world. So, um, but yeah, all things said, one and a half percent down for the, um, for the week. And, you know, really most of that was just because of this, this drop today, which Indeed, we're down 1.6%. Yeah. Uh, I'm just taking a look across the board today. Um, there is some green and it's concentrated in the gold sector, uh, which is interesting because I'm hearing sort of well, looking at commentary now that, you know, has the US dollar peaked? Yes. Um, I guess we also have to consider where those, uh, where those bond yields are. And I guess you face recession. Perhaps gold is starting to look attractive. Mind you, we have heard that plenty of times. Yeah. I mean, my view on gold is effectively it's going to be driven by real yields. And I haven't looked at what 10-year tips are doing, but I would imagine that they're still close to 1%. So... It's not the market, I think, to be investing in gold. But, you know, you always have to factor in with, with Aussie, um, with, with the ASX-listed gold miners. It's obviously that the Aussie dollar gold, gold price is much more important um, and the Aussie dollar is down 64.5 cents or whatever it happens to be. So that's helpful. And we also saw a little bit of a moderation in yields and, and funnily enough, a, a drop in the US dollar last night. So um, I'm not too sure what's what's going on in the gold space, but um, clearly attracting a little bit of interest. Um, yeah, it's... That's, uh, that's it, I reckon. I'm, I'm really interested to get your perspective. You mentioned the US dollar has come off uh, the last couple of days, in fact. But you look at what's playing out in FX markets and, of course, that intervention by the BOE this week was, was just extraordinary. Yeah, it was amazing. In fact, uh, I had the privilege today of uh, interviewing Hugh Hendry, um, who is obviously a famous hedge fund manager now, podcaster, commentator, um, very um, nice, actually, and uh, interesting person. Listen to that interview because it's it's interesting what he says about what's going on in monetary policy dynamics. But I always get a little bit worried when you see these situations and the dollar starts to fizzle a little bit because there's these sort of a little bit like what we saw in um, uh, 2020 when it started the pandemic is that you see this brief period where people sell their um, or you know basically unwind certain carry trades buy back say back into the euro into the pound or what it happens to be. And then they go back into the US dollar again because they need that liquidity. Um, and I'm wondering whether that could be a situation we're facing now considering the very 
precarious situation in, in, in bond markets with uh, with the developments of the week. So I'm not too sure what we can infer from it. I, I kind of get the sense that we're not actually tra- – we've gone beyond trading on interest rate differentials and macroeconomic fundamentals and the divergence in policy in central banks and we're to kind of trading on panic mode in the markets um, and proper panic mode, not just, oh, you know, the global economy is slowing. Something's going seriously wrong. Mm. There's stress in the system. Um, Hugh spoke to that effectively. Only time will tell, but just be watching out on that US dollar because if that does happen, then it's not going to keep going down. Yeah, in fact, I spoke to Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. Um, this was actually for cracking crypto, but he took a look at the the US dollar and certainly um, how it's playing against um, Bitcoin at the moment. And he is seeing potential for a shift here just as far as perhaps whether there is a peak in the dollar, mm. uh, which would be broadly supportive of crypto, but he's not getting ahead of himself. Yeah. Uh, but he's saying it's something to watch out for. Well, the Fed has to, the Fed has to pivot. If, if the dollar's going to come off, the Fed mm. has to pivot. And they have to pivot because they blink and get too scared of what they're doing to the financial system. But the question is, will they, with inflation still running as high as it is? And the Bank of England blinked this week um, because they couldn't afford not to. Um, that's the history still to be written, I think. Well, if you're into a charts, of course, I do recommend you uh, having a look at Cracking Crypto today where Carl does talk us through uh, the uh, the bond yields and also uh, the dollar, but also um, obviously given it's uh, crypto, uh, looking at those charts too, as we do at the end of each month just to get a sense of those trends that are developing. Can't say there's a lot of positivity from uh, <laughs> Carl on the charts. Well, He's found comment. a couple. In, in, in crypto assets. He has. He's found a couple. Mate, you're a long way up the, crypto, <laughs> the risk curve in, uh, when you're talking crypto, going long crypto in this in this market. Hey, you might be wrong. The risk, risk could turn around, but, mate, you're, you're right up the Yeah, uh, the I don't profile. know about going long, but anyway, he's seeing uh, something there that's worth grabbing onto, perhaps mm. if you're really desperate to get into that side of the market. Uh, elsewhere, Kyle... Um, Look, we did uh, take a look at uh, our stock of the day today was A2 Milk. It has um, announced a buyback, some 37 million shares uh, for the dairy company. Of course, did make a positive start for the year, trying to get back into China with that uh, with that market. So we got um, Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Philip Pepe from uh, Shore & Partners to take a look at A2 Milk, see what they thought. But fundamentally, it's on fair value, uh, roughly fair value compared to consensus estimates. You don't need to own it. If you did own it, you'd probably sell into the buyback over the next um, next four to six weeks. I wouldn't invest into it. Look, the buyback's probably a good opportunity to prop up the share price to get out. Uh, so definitely not one for me, just because I'm looking for long-term tailwinds in my investing. That's really one of the golden rules I do have. All right, so that's the verdict. Um, if you're holding it, hang out for the buyback and then look to trim or sell essentially out of A2 milk. And I guess you've also got to be mindful as we looked at other stocks today too. It's all about the broader economic conditions with the potential that we are going to at least see a slowdown, if not a recession. Yeah, I'm in my opinion that the market's already at uh, recession mode. Now they're thinking of financial crisis mode. Wait, I'm just going to keep an eye out for for, um, funding markets in in the US dollar and and those short-term indicators because one thing that we did say over the last few days which, you know, um, I'll draw the connection to what, what it means in a stocks in a sec, but um, we're starting to see credit spreads widen. Um, that's normally a sign that stocks are um, going to come under more pressure as well. So there's just all these signs of stress in the financial system. 
I, I, I don't know what, what's going to, going to eventuate, but it's, it's yeah, sticky situation. So that brings us to next week. Of course, we've got the all-important decision from the Reserve Bank. Yeah. And um, look, I think no question they're going to lift again, although it's, it's I guess, looking beyond that and uh, once again, increasing commentary perhaps that they need to pause. Yeah. That because uh, we're seeing, we haven't seen that lag yet kick in. No, no, and that seems to be. I mean, the markets are pricing in now fifty basis points. And I think with the activity that we've seen in Fed fund futures over the last week or so, plus you know strong uh, retail sales data, those CPI numbers in the last couple of days were still pretty hot. As well, if you looked at um, sort of the trimmed trimmed number there, there was a bit of a there was a split opinion up until about a week ago whether they go twenty five or fifty as far as market pricing, and it's basically fifty from what I can see now. Um, the question will be if then they then back off after that, um, and I think a lot of the economists that we've been speaking to have more or less suggested that they'll they'll absolutely need to, and they ought to, to be able to just assess what uh, the, the the recent hikes have already done uh, that that will do to the economy. But um, it'll be interesting to see what guidance, because they keep telling us they want to be on an even keel. Um, whether they'll maintain that rhetoric while also hiking fifty basis points, it'll be interesting how they sell that. All right, we've also got National Home Value Index next week as well. Um, forecast Consensus forecast is that home prices have fallen 1.5% for September. That is also clearly a consideration for the, uh, for the Reserve Bank. Um, big week in data, stateside in particular, ISM, jobs, uh, rounded out at the end of the week with uh, non-farm payrolls. Yeah, I just <laughs> realised that we're at the end of another month mm. and a start of another one. So October, October payrolls. I haven't seen any of the forecasts out yet. They don't they don't normally come out until probably five or six days publicly um, before the data is released. But um, yeah, it's going to be absolutely extraordinary because a lot of the US data that we've seen recently hasn't been terrible. Not It's stronger than I think the Fed would want it to be. Um, so if there's another really, really solid um, labour market print, you know, signs of further wage pressures and what have you, um, that's the kind of thing I think will get markets pretty nervous. Um, of course, we're still still trading on Monday as well, despite this uh, bank holiday. I just realised too, it's uh, it's uh, daylight savings over the weekend. Yeah, lots to change. You're not you're going to lose an hour of sleep there. Yeah, um, which Wall is bad Street news if you have to work on Monday at seven for us now too. Yeah, um, trader. So yeah, that data next week uh, will be obviously closely watched because we heard we have so much um, Fed commentary this week too. Uh, <laughs> you know, even overnight we had two or three um, Fed speakers, um, some talking about that terminal rate sitting between four and a half, four and three quarters percent. Yeah, Charles, still a while to go. Charles Charles Evans was the the big pivot during the week. He was sort of a bit dovish, relatively speaking, um, sort of saying four was probably where the terminal rate would be. Um, changed his view on that. So again, the, the sort of range you just mentioned. But you know, you had Jimmy Bullard out last night. Um, you know, sort of squawking as he as he tends to to uh, as the hawk that he is. And um, they're trying to really ram down that hawkish hawkish message 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 to us, um, which you know is fascinating. We'll see if it it's, it sort of lifts the bar as as far as expectations go, and that some of the, the strong data potentially coming through won't have the same effect as a result. But um, this Fed yet isn't. For turning, not like the BOE. All right. Well, of course, uh, Nick, on Monday, it is the start of a new month, uh, a new uh, quarter, and October, well, history will tell you that volatility is likely to continue as it has in September, but then we start thinking about the possibility of a bit of a rally into Christmas. But 
perhaps this year is different. Hey, maybe we'll get lucky. Santa will bring us some coal. In the meantime, <laughs> hey, look, if you've got Monday off, uh, all power to you. I hope you enjoy it. The three days off. We'll be here, though. So uh, we'll see you again on Monday. Cheers. Cheers.